This morning, we are starting a new series. It's called Respond, and I'm really excited about this series for several reasons. The first is this. We believe that God always initiates a work in our life. He always initiates with love and power and purpose, but we also have a role to play, and that role is to respond to God's initiating work in us. So that's the first reason I'm excited. The second reason is our young teachers are teaching this series. There are teachers who bring excellent biblical teaching to chaos, big house, and basic. And we do not want you to miss out on what they have to say. So this morning we have Whitney Reese. You have seen her dancing up here on the stage for worship. So Whitney is a part of our worship staff. She is also one of our junior high leaders. I've known Whitney for a really long time. And Whitney has been given an incredible number of gifts and a ridiculous amount of energy, which I am jealous of sometimes. Um, I've been able to go to Haiti with Whitney and watch her lead over the years. She's encouraged my own children. So we are really happy to have Whitney here to share with us this morning. Take it away, Whitney. Awesome. Got my cool little mug up here so my throat gets dry. Okay. So recently, I felt called to something crazy. So bear with me for a second. I am 20-something, pretty young, um, a millennial. Here I am. And I felt called to become a mother. But not just any kind of mother, a dog mom. So happy Mother's Day to me. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Happy Mother's Day to those who have human babies. Yeah. Um, her name is Coda. She's a white German Shepherd Husky mix, and she's already cooler than me, which is nice. She, she bites more than the average dog, jumps on people more than the average dog, but she's still really cute and pretty photogenic, which is nice as a side photographer to have a subject that can't really complain about how many pictures I take of her because she does get a treat every time, so that's nice. You can follow her on Instagram, at just a basic white dog. If you guys don't know what Instagram is, it is a unit of measurement used by hipsters in which coolness is determined by posting photos and receiving likes to validate our life. It's super fun, super healthy. <clears throat> but this calling to be a dog mom, I don't think was from God. But that doesn't mean that he can't still use the situation to glorify himself. I know it's true because this has happened. Coda is a baby. Coda gets up at sunrise. It is almost summer solstice. That means the longest day of the year is coming up in a month and a half. Sunrise is before 6 a.m. So I am getting up at 6 a.m. every day. <clears throat> so I have placed spiritual disciplines in my life because what else am I gonna do, right? That's a great way to start spiritual disciplines. What else am I going to do? I might as well just talk to God. Um, so my mornings, I get to welcome God into my day. I get to uh, take Coda on walks and just be silent and listen. I get to listen to teachings and worship music. And to me, mornings seemed so romantic growing up. You know what I mean? Like you get a coffee, you make coffee, you have time to make coffee. You're sitting on your big cushy couch, you hold your coffee and you smell it, and it's so nice. 
But for me, I could never get over the mountain that is, and I know everyone's experienced this, the mountain of when your alarm goes off and you have to decide, am I going to pick up my, my head and hit the snooze or am I going to actually get up and do stuff? And I always hit the snooze, but now I have a baby dog who will pee on my floor if I don't get up. So, lesson, God can use anything, even a dog, to point your eyes to him. That's how big he is. So my calling wasn't, isn't to be a dog mom, but what is our calling? What is our path? Sorry. That's what we are going to try to learn together. Like Carla said, I lean junior high students, so if I ask you to raise your hand or ask for a response, it's just out of habit, and I like to do it because I like to hear from you, but it's to keep you focused. When I gave this talk to our junior high students, I had to put at least two minutes of redirection in because it's hard to keep their attention the whole time. So what are we called to do? Calling, clarifying, meaning what is our purpose and what is our path? Or what we think we're supposed to do with our lives? If we choose to believe what Jesus did on the cross, then what is our calling then as people who believe in him? And if you guys are here and you're still unsure about Jesus, can I be the first to say, I am so glad that you're here. Welcome. And it's okay that you're not sure. But let's learn together as what our calling is for people who want to follow Jesus or want to know more about Jesus. So I want to hear from you. Raise your hands if you know exactly what you want to be when you grow up or you're exactly where you think that you're supposed to be. Raise your hands. Don't be shy. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. It's great that some of you know exactly where you feel like God has you. I'm getting older, and I really have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. But I know that God has given every single one of you, every single one of you, gifts and talents. And I know that for a fact. I said this to our junior high students, but it applies to all of us here. We all have been given gifts and talents for God. For example, I always knew that I was a good leader, whether that was a, like, a positive leader or a negative leader, but I always knew I was a good leader because when I looked behind me, people were just there. <clears throat> but I didn't do anything musical until I was 18 years old. I taught myself guitar in my dorm room to stay away from sorority parties. The first song I ever learned was If I Die Young by the band Perry can play it pretty well. But now, a part of my job is to lead the church in worship. Or what I like to say is I get to dance for joy in the corner every Sunday on the bass or on the acoustic. I didn't know that I was called to do that, but I just followed the gifts that God has given me and used them the best that I could to glorify him, and he blessed that. He has me in a place where I'm using my gifts to glorify him. As a ministry leader, and as a worship leader. I don't know where I'll be in 10 years. I could be here, I could be somewhere totally different. Coda could become Instagram famous and I could be following her around the world. But what I know is that I'm going to continue to use God's gifts to glorify him and I'm going to trust that he's going to use me. And if you follow your gifts and talents and use them to glorify God, he's going to continue to take you to places you'll never expect. So I have a little bit of bad news about this morning is that I'm not gonna give you some secret calling formula 
to let you know if you're in your calling or not. I'm truly, truly sorry. I wish I could. I don't know and only you and God are gonna figure that out. But what I do know is that you don't need to have a position at a church to have a calling. You are a ministry. All of us are a ministry in our own lives. All of us have a mission, whether you know it right now or not. So this morning we're gonna focus on a common calling that we all share as believers or people who wanna know more about Jesus. This first call comes before anything else. Our shared calling is simple. We are called to be children. We are called to be children. You are called to be a child. I am a child of God. Say it with me. I am a child of God. Okay, that was really bad. One more time. I am a child of God. Yes, you are. Preach. Yes, you are. How easy does that seem? Do you remember how easy it was to be a child? Living an honest, a pure life, playing outside. I could eat whatever I want, do whatever I want until my mom said no. I didn't have to worry about time. I can't remember when I was a child worrying about, hmm, I wonder when's the tax deadline again? Or is it, I can deduct that, right? Or can I eat this cookie now? Yes, I can, because I went up a lot of stairs today. Some of, us, some of us haven't felt like a child in a really long while, but you are. I'm a child, she's a child, they're children, we are all children. We are called as believers to be ch children of God first. Galatians 3.26 says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Paul didn't write this to a bunch of toddlers. He wrote this to a church that was already up and active. We have to be reminded that this is our first task, to be children first. We are called to be children of God. So this morning we're going to look at an example of someone in the Bible who understood the calling of being a child first. For those of you who don't know, King David is the same David that took out Goliath with a stone. A stone! That's just so, it surprises me every time. Goliath was a huge warrior who terrorized people and that same boy defeated him is the same King David that we hear throughout scripture. The same guy who wrote a lot of the Psalms in the Bible. So David, like all of us, started off as a baby, then grew up to be a boy in Bethlehem, the same town as Jesus. Coincidence? Never. From the scriptures, I gather that David was a pretty small boy when he was a, when he was a boy, but he was a child of God. God saw David's heart, his love for the Lord, and wanted to use David's gifts and talents to call David into something awesome, something great. This first, step, this first step of David was to know and to understand that he was God's child first. So we're gonna be in 1 Samuel today. And to understand the Bible, I have to put it into my own words. So let me set up what we're about to read with the, uh, what I like to call the Whitney translation. <clears throat> so Samuel had an audible calling from God to go and to find the next king of Judea. God spoke to Samuel and said, hey Sam, Go to Bethlehem, to the house of Jesse, and you will find the next king there. So Samuel struts to Bethlehem, which he walked there, <clears throat> to Jesse's house, where he says he needs to see all of Jesse's sons. 
So Jesse lines up all his varsity football player sons, and Samuel meets them one-on-one, -on -one, saying, no, not that one. Nope, wrong. <clears throat> then he runs out of the sons that are standing in front of him. So he asks, is there anyone left? And that's where you pick up, 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 13. There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, arise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So Jesse calls in his last son who is tending the sheep, David. And Samuel said, send for him. We shall not sit down until he arrives. Imagine being in that room. <laughs> how long, was, how, how far away was David when he was sent? I'm just gonna stand here and wait. So then David came in and then the Lord was like, yep, that's him. And so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. So on that day, David was called to be king and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. From then on, David knew he was God's son first and foremost. Before he became a king, before he even defeated Goliath, he knew that God was his father and he was his son. That day, David didn't become a king. He was just called to be king on that day. He had to season. Psalm 2-7 says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree, he said to me. You are my son today, I have become your father. David wrote this in reference to Jesus, but no doubt in my mind that he relates and saw himself as God's child, and so can we. David wasn't perfect, which is why he was a perfect example of what a good child was. He failed many times, he sinned many times, but he always knew and always came back to that God is his father. Jesus also invites us to be children. In 2 Corinthians 6.18, it says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Throughout this book, Jesus repeats that we are called to be sons and daughters. And I think that is our biggest job. And everything else that we do comes from that. David knew he was a son first and look how God used him. Awesome. He defeated a huge soldier. He became a king. So we understand now that we are called to be children. So what does that look like? What makes a good child? A really reliable source called WikiHow listed 10 steps on how to be a good child. Like be nice, have manners, don't do drugs, which are all very good things and you should do those things. But every source that I looked at, what makes a good child, had three major common themes of good children, which I need to continue to learn those things as well. Number one, listen and respect. Listen to God. I don't know what that looks like for you. Samuel heard God's audible voice telling him which son was going to be king. But that's what's great about God. You may never hear his audible voice, but he can speak through anything, everything. Through people, through nature, through the stars. 
anything specific to you. He has a specific way of talking to you. So open your eyes, open your ears, and he is speaking to you now. Listening to God may mean just saying yes to what you think that he's asking. Recently, a very good friend pointed out something in me that was not of God. And it took me 25 years, which is how old I am, 25 years of me not listening for this one person to say, this thing to me to realize that it was God showing me in a loving way that I needed to change something. David listened to God, his father, and became a king. He defeated a huge soldier. We're gonna move on to respect. Respect God, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to him, am I right? Cool, respect God and his followers. Do you notice that people who are disrespectful are really hard to love? Like someone who's kicking the back of your seat while you're driving? Or someone who talks back to you when you tell them to go clean your room? I used to mumble under my breath when my mom would say, go clean your room, I'd say, you clean your room, and then I'd run away. And then she would do the whole whole name thing that you mothers do, like the full name, that's when you know you're really in trouble. But being respectful also turns you into a good listener. So I come from a really big Italian family, as you can tell from my red hair and my white skin. They're very loud and very opinionated. And unfortunately, a lot of them, most of them, don't know Jesus. And a lot of them don't think that my job is real. They think that I'm just volunteering and I should be looking for something stable. Let me take you through a conversation that I really had with my aunt over this past Christmas. Hey, Whitney, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Cool, do you have a boyfriend? No. That's great, okay, what are you doing with your job? Well, I work full-time at a church in Cedar Falls. I do part-time junior high ministry and part-time worship. And okay, that's really cool, so you work with junior high students. Yeah, 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 I do. So what do you do with them? Uh, Sometimes I teach and I facilitate this time that they can come together and play games and learn about Jesus. Oh, so you teach them like every day? No, just on a Wednesday night. Oh, so you have a teaching degree? No, no, I don't. Oh, so you're ordained? Uh, No, once online, but that that wasn't real. Okay, so you teach junior high students on a Wednesday night. Yeah, every once in a while, we have like a whole team of teachers and I'm there like once every month. Cool, yeah, good for you. Hate that, good for you. So it to- takes almost everything within me not to fight my family at every, fa- uh, every family gathering, but I'm learning to respect them by not fighting back because I know that they just want to fight. I've learned to listen to their concerns, which there are some real concerns, and learn that they right now just don't understand that I trust God more than I trust an income. And by listening, I've learned that they don't trust the world, and they shouldn't. The world's messy. They should trust God. If only they could understand that. David in the scripture respected God. And the people older and wiser than him, he listened to them. He respected Samuel, and he respected his father, and came in even when he was called. What a simple example of the story. David was called to come in, and he just listened and obeyed. 
Theme number two is act. Good kids follow the example of their positive role models. Follow Jesus' lead. Love the way he did. Act like a good kid, and sooner or later, you'll become one. People respond more to people who love them well than to people who tear them down. I myself, I didn't know what a positive role model was because I just come from a messy family. But I could find those people in my school that were good role models. They were good listeners, they were respected, they were respectful. And I modeled myself after them and I didn't do, do too shabby. Then I found Jesus, which was a glorious experience and I can tell you some other time if you want to have a conversation. And then I tried to model myself after him. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to not know. And it's okay to fail. Which leads me to my last theme, which is fail. You're going to fail. But as good children, we need to fail to learn. Where would we be without failing? Where would you be if you stayed down the first time that you were learning to walk? You'd still be sitting in that same spot. It's how we respond to that failure that determines our next, step, our next steps. David failed throughout scripture many, many times. He was known as one of the greatest leaders of the Bible, but also one, known as one of the greatest sinners of the Bible. Dude cheated on his wife with a lady named Bathsheba. Killed some people. He wasn't perfect. He danced naked a lot, which was the way that he praised. But his devotion to the Lord and to repentance and to the obedience to God, his father, allowed him to learn and to be known as one of the greatest leaders of our time. Of his time, sorry. <laughs> We're going to fail and life's going to suck sometimes, but that's what's great about our Heavenly Father is that he loves us and forgives us through Jesus. So that's it. We're called to be children. We're called to be kids. How easy is that? God loved his son David, as we saw. He blessed David. He called him into greatness. And from David's heart of love for his father, God, David did great things. He messed up, but he knew where he could go. Just like good fathers love their kids, God loves us as his children. So this is the best and easiest calling that we've ever had. We are called to be children, to obey what God says, to listen, to respect, to act, and to fail. And if we do this, God is going to use all of us for great things. Maybe lead you to become a dog mom or dad. Or maybe make you a king, if that's ever a thing again. Or just a devoted follower. But God's calling you to be his child first. And we respond by just being kids. Falling down, laughing, being joyful, dancing. Let yourself be loved by a really, really good dad. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for being a really, really good father. 
Thank you for loving us well and for loving us as children first. You call us to be children. You call us to have fun with you, to be with you, and to not be a father that just points his finger at us, but to be a father that brings us into his arms and holds us tight. You call us into greatness because you are great and you love us first. Thank you for letting us be a part of your story. Thank you for letting us have an easy job of just being a child and letting us fail. Thank you for giving our hearts obedience so that we can listen to you. I pray that in the room today that hearts be open to the idea of being a child again. That people can see you as their father and that you can love them as, as your child. Thank you for the love that you show. Thank you for loving us well. It's your, in your awesome and holy name that I pray. Amen.